Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast. Drop your trick-or-treat bag every week, even though we missed a week. But another week, there is a week. We only we only release on weeks, so in, in that in that sense, we're on time still. So Yeah, because I'm going to just put this out today. Because <laughs> we always release on a week, sometime in time. <laughs> yes, there's a right. day... And it'll be during the week, and that's when it'll come out. <laughs> so every week. Yep. And this week, we're getting sleazy. Getting so sleazy. Uh, Gonna take a trip to 1984 for Brian De Palma sleaze classic, Hitchcock throwback, Body Double. Yeah. Which may have confused Blaze more than it should have. <laughs> it did. <laughs> <laughs> it did confuse me. And I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we're going to have the other segments as well. We're going to talk about video game. We're going to have a folk tale. We're going to talk other shit that we've done in our lives. I don't know. Just be other things. How does it make you feel? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're Dude, recording this in the jungle. Beat. I don't know why. I'm so fucking tired. I don't know, man. Maybe you should get some fucking sleep. I did. I slept till like noon today. <laughs> Maybe you should have slept till two. Damn it, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> or three. Yeah. Maybe nine p.m. Never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's do the news before I for I'm totally out of it. So. <laughs> okay. What we got for the news? What what have you what have you watched? I watched the new Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio. Yeah, how'd you like it? I enjoyed it. I I, I mean, it could be I enjoyed it so much because I compared it to the Tom Hanks Pinocchio, which was just fucking awful. But no, this there's no way this one's better than that one. Oh, it is. So much better, but uh, no, it's it. Uh, and after like, you know, you you look at the cast and you're like, damn, there's a lot of fucking big people in this. Mm-hmm. In the, in the uh, Del Toro one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear, yeah. I'm hearing nothing but good things. I need to I need to watch it. It's on Netflix now, right? Yep, that is correct. Hmm. Nice. What else do you got to say about it? I would definitely say watch it. I would definitely say that it def it is much closer to like the old comic strips and not the Disney movie version. Yeah, I hear that's so, more based off of uh, the original the original story, yeah. right? Like the old Italian newspaper comics and children's books or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, they really do not hold back on letting you know, like, hey. This was during Mussolini, so it's super fascist. <laughs> and right, like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> yeah, I figured like he wasn't gonna pull that punch too much. He did not. But he did make Mussolini look funny as fuck. So, <laughs> <laughs> is Mussolini actually in the movie? He's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guillermo del Toro didn't give any shits. He's like, no, we're gonna put Mussolini in this uh, in this Pinocchio animated film. 
But yeah, so. <laughs> um, what did you watch you? any? Uh, did you watch any new movies on Shutter? I did not. I saw the new Christmas movie uh, is up there. I did not watch it. I ended up just watching Jack Frost again. So. <laughs> yeah, but Jack Frost is good. We talked about that earlier episode. Oh, I fucking, I fucking love that movie. The world's yeah. most pissed off snow cone. <laughs> um, so I watched two of the new movies on Shutter, and um, the first one I didn't think was great, but the other one I just got done watching a little bit ago, and I thought it was really good. Um, and there is a connective tissue between them. So I watched Blood Relatives first. Oh, yeah, that one looked like it was getting some mixes in the comments. Yeah, it's it's. I, I didn't like it. I thought it kind of fucking sucked. It's the directorial debut of Noah Sagan, who's a actor. You probably see him in like little things. He was in like, gla- uh, I was about to say Glass Onion, um, Knives Out. I'm, I'm looking forward to the new one. He was in Knives Out as uh, one of the cops there at the. He was like Lakeith Stanfield's partner in in that movie, um, and uh, he's been a bunch of Ryan Johnson films. Oh, wait, was he in Sorry to Bother You? Are you talking about that guy? No, that's like Keith Stanfield. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was yeah, like, his, well, his, his was partner, partner, his partner, and I've the other cop. That, that's Noah Sagan. Um, yeah, it's a movie about a vampire who is a real mensch, to say the least, because um, he's very, very Jewish, and he was in Nazi Germany and the uh, camps and all that. Um, and he's Yiddish. He's a Yiddish vampire. And um, he, a girl enters his life who finds out it's his daughter um, from a one-night stand he had at one point. And her mother just died, and she finds him. And it's like, hey, I'm your daughter. And he's like, oh, but I'm, 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 I, oy vey, I'm just, I'm just a vampire. <laughs> he's a vampire over here. But it's so weird on how he, like, so... He's like a really nebbish, like Jewish character, right? Uh huh. But he also is like he drives around this like old like '60s, '70s like muscle car, and he has like this black leather jacket on and like sunglasses and stuff. You know, kind of like Cassidy from Preacher or uh, Bill Paxton from Near Dark or some shit. But uh, like he's he's like Woody Allen though. <laughs> So I'm just like, why even try and make him rock and roll? And he's like driving around his car. Oh, does and he's he just marry like, his daughter in the movie? Huh? Does he marry oh, yeah. his daughter in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, not quite that Woody Allen, but <laughs> you get the point. Um, yeah, and he he just like drives around listening to like classical music. So he's not listening to like X-ray specs or some shit. Like, <laughs> so I'm just like, why even try to make him rock and roll? I don't know. Like, I think it would have been better if he was just like, just completely played in. Cause they play into the stereotype of him being Yiddish, like a motherfucker. Um, but I just like go like the whole way with it. Uh, but they don't. And they give it this real rock, rock twist. And it doesn't really walk the line between both sides. I don't know. I just kind of like, it just felt cheap and I didn't find entertaining. It felt boring more than anything. Um, but there is one really good scene, and it's starring uh, Josh Rubin. Oh, and yeah. I like Josh Rubin a lot. Um, and he plays kind of a... Uh, uh, he plays kind of a... Uh, Jesus Christ is completely blanked. He plays um, kind of a Jesus Christ? <laughs> 
Yeah, he plays he plays Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking uh, what's his name? Uh fucking Dracula's goddamn I can't believe I'm blanking oh, right Renfield. now. Renfield. He plays a Renfield type character, and he's only one scene and it's really good. That's the best scene in the whole fucking movie, is the one scene with Josh Rubin. Uh, so Blood Relatives, I don't recommend. I say I say watch that one scene with Josh Rubin because he's a fucking like complete nut in that scene, but uh literally, <laughs> literally in that scene because it does take place in an asylum. Um and then the other movie I watched was A Wounded Fawn, which stars Josh Rubin. Uh it's a new movie directed by Travis Stevens, who directed Girl on the Third Floor and Jacob's wife, and this is a new movie. And yeah, I've heard uh, mixed reviews of Girl on the Third Floor. I like Girl on the Third Floor. I, I like Girl on the Third Floor Punk. a lot. I like Jacob's wife a whole lot, and I like I this was, one a lot. I was CM Punk in it. And Girl on the Third Floor. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's he's good in that. He's he's a little stiff. He's um. Because he has a way smaller role in Jacob's Ladder. Oh, Jacob's Ladder. Jesus Christ. I knew I was going to say that. Jacob's wife. He has a way smaller role in that movie. And he <laughs> feels more comfortable acting in that one. But no, he's good in uh, Girl on Third Floor. Um, let me see. But yeah, well, Wounded Fond is uh, it's good. Josh Rubin um, is the star of it. Him and this girl go to a cabin. Turns out he's a serial killer. You find that out within like the first few minutes. Um, and it is kind of a recreation, artsy recreation of a particular Greek and Roman myth. And it's all shot 16, 16 millimeter. I thought, I thought they were shooting it. Uh, I thought they did like basically the grindhouse thing where Travis Stevens put a filter over it at first. And I looked it up. It's like, no, he actually shot in uh, 16 millimeter cameras and has this really like 1970s feel to like how everything looks because it's grainy as shit. And I really like it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really good. Josh Rubin's awesome. Um, I like him. I like him as a director because, you know, he did scare me and he did uh, Wolves Among Us. And I like him as an actor and when he pops up and things. So, uh, yeah, it's a nice little Josh Rubin double feature you can have there. All right. That's something to look into. I know yeah. uh, I watch him all the time on... Uh... God, what's the name of that fucking game show? He's on a game show? <laughs> <coughs> oh, yeah. Him and uh, Brendan Lee Mulligan, who's like a very famous dungeon master. Hmm. There's like, uh, I, I forget what it's called now. It used to be College Humor, Dropout, Dropout TV. And they have like game shows and stuff like that. Josh Rubin like works with them all the fucking time. And he's really close with Brendan Lee Mulligan. Okay. But doesn't, doesn't Josh Rubin come from like originally, wasn't he like big on like Funny or Die or something like that? Yeah, I think they're, they are now the same place. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that's how he got famous, right? Was from like Funny or Die before, yeah. before that. Was, I forget if it was that or College Humor. Yeah, was it's, uh, yeah. I mean it's basically the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sort of offend anybody that works for works for either company. Honestly, I mean, like I, I think now that it's dropout, it has improved so much. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, because it's it's just like random silly fucking game shows with no point and like just funny shit like that. Uh, can't remember what um, Game Changer. That's the name of it. Okay. Called Game Changer, and it's a game where show where they go in and the rules are different every time. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Josh Rubin's cool, and, and uh, I really like Wounded Fawn. It's kind of artsy. After a while, but it's all cool imagery. Also, between that and uh, Jacob's wife, uh, I can't remember how Girl on the Third Floor ended, but Jacob's wife and a Wounded Fawn both have great last shots, and especially especially Wounded Fawn has an amazing end credit sequence um, that I won't give away, but it's pretty awesome. <laughs> all right. Uh, speaking of Shutter, did you hear that Shutter had a whole bunch of layoffs? No, why? Oh yeah, yeah. They they kept this kind of under wraps a little bit. Um, yeah, why? What happened there? Elon Musk buy well, him? <laughs> no. Well, one okay. So one news outlet I saw really made an article about it, and then people on Twitter that got fired were talking about it. Um, I guess that AMC who's the parent company of Shutter, and they're owned by somebody. I can't really remember who um, is the parent parent company. But AMC decided to have, uh, they had to have cutbacks, and they made some major cutbacks to Shutter, uh, where they fired a whole lot of people in the office. So I'm hoping it doesn't affect them too much. Um, I think they're also prepping for what's, what looks like we're going to be going into, which, not surprising, another recession. <laughs> How could we be going to another recession whenever rents two thousand fucking bucks a month, right? <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any fucking sense, and nobody has fucking money. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Shutter apparently had a lot of layoffs, and I hate to hear that. I hope they all land back on their feet and find work soon. Go and to that sucks. It's never a great thing. What's that? Go to Scream Box. <laughs> <laughs> go scream box <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah go the inferior one i don't know um, scream box is picking up man yeah it's getting there uh scream box is owned by blade disgusting right yep yeah yeah i mean yeah, they of course don't have the uh the weight that shutter does and the backing that shutter does but you know scream box isn't bad i mean they put out terrifier too but that was also blade disgusting production i think yeah, it was. And yeah. they have a really great podcast series. So. What, Boo Crew? No. Well, they have bunches of podcasts, but uh, Creepy. Oh, Creepy. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I hope everything goes well for everybody lost their job. That sucks. Yeah, that fucking sucks. Um, if you want to come on the show and dish out about Shudder, <laughs> come on the that. show. <laughs> come on the show and talk some shit. <laughs> We will let you vent um, your your worries on air. Speaking of people getting let go, uh, Mike Flanagan isn't getting a second season of Midnight Club. Yeah, I thought he signed with Amazon. Yeah, I think that may have had to do with it, um, even though he was blindsided by it, because Midnight Club was the first show that he's done uh, that was supposed to have like a continuing series. Right. It was called Midnight Mass or any of the haunting shows they did. This was actually supposed half all up seasons to it, to where he went to blade discussing and revealed, uh, what he had planned for the second season. 
which I haven't read yet because I haven't finished Midnight Club yet. But also, he uh, wrote for Blade Disgusting as a guest writer last year as well, where he had an amazing piece on everything that went into making Midnight Mass. And if you guys want to dig that up and read it, it is definitely worth it, where he talks about everything that went into it and all the personal stuff he put into it and everything, including his own relationship with religion. I mean, he's an atheist, but talk about kind of all the things that uh, were going on in the background as he's writing it. Um, so check that out. But yeah, he signed a deal with Amazon. So I guess he will not be working with Netflix anymore. Probably won't be doing any more haunting, which is fine. He's been haunting for you know a couple of years now. And I guess yeah. his last series on Netflix then will be his adaptation of the fall of house of usher which will be coming out next year, which is allegedly Giallo-inspired. Now, which now I heard cool. something about the Amazon being like him taking on a, a already popular series and doing a new version of it. Uh, yeah, so he just got greenlit to do Dark Tower. That's right, it was Dark Tower. Yeah, which is which is the next piece of news is going to say actually. Yeah, he's um so he said not too long ago that doing Dark Tower will be his Mount Everest. And understandably so because Dark Tower is uh, for anybody that doesn't know, most horror fans do though. Dark Tower is Stephen King's epic series. It's multiple books and it connects in all these different Stephen King mythos in this fantasy world and. It's as long as it's better than epic. that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that movie was fucking awful. Yeah, that was terrible. The movie's uh, really bad. And, you know, the thing is, I, I actually only read the uh, comic book versions of Dark Tower. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, read, I read The Gunslinger. Um, and I've been meaning to read the rest of the series, but I've always wanted to wait until I have more Stephen King books under my belt because I didn't want to lose out on all the references I could. <laughs> right. So uh, I've been meaning to read the rest of them. Uh, I'm currently reading the new Stephen King book. I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with Dark Tower, but, you know, he's just always putting shit out. Uh, but we have a friend uh, uh, who's really, really into Dark Tower. Cameron? Cameron Cameron Darby. Yeah, he's super into Dark Tower. Is a massive Dark Tower fan. Um. So uh, I was, I, I need to read it all, but Mike Flanagan doing dark tower is exciting. I mean, that's a huge project to undertake. Well, I mean, so, if it's a, I think it will work better as a series as well. Oh, absolutely. Like I don't think Sandman would have been this successful if they did a movie instead of a series. No, absolutely not. No, there's some things you can't make into a movie. I mean, you have to do a series. I mean, that's why they've never made a movie out of the stand. <laughs> You know, right. all the adaptations of the stand have been a miniseries, uh, and rightfully so, because that book is a thousand fucking pages. Like, you either have to do a series or a series of films, and just a series nowadays just makes the most sense budget wise and storytelling wise. I feel like there was yeah. something else, though. Um, I was going to bring up last week, and I didn't. It was just a random. New story I was going to bring up. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, did you hear about uh, the new movie from Joe Lynch? No. So Joe Lynch, um, who people may know as he directed uh, Wrong Turn 2, he directed Mayhem, 
A lot of people like Mayhem a lot. That's a pretty awesome. In the Office, uh, slasher film. Not slasher. It's a it's an affection film more so. But that's an awesome thing to watch on Shutter. Mayhem is really fun. He's done some other genre films. Um, Point Blank being way different than Netflix. That's a fun one. He did a couple of the best episodes of Creep Show recently. He did uh, the Right Snuff. That is a great one. awesome. And uh, he's next doing a H.P. Uh, Lovecraft adaptation. Did you hear about this? Yeah. So he's doing an ad, uh, adaptation of The Thing on the Doorstep. Oh, that's hmm, that'd be interesting. But it's called something else now. Um, I'm trying the to Amazon f- package droned over to your front ring bell door. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> but it's starring uh, it's starring Barbara Crampton, and it's screenwriters. Hey, she was in the movie we're talking about today. <laughs> she sure is, uh, and it's screenwritten by Dennis Pioli, who wrote Reanimator and From Beyond. I don't know. You may start seeing some connective tissue here, and mm-hmm. it's produced by Brian Usna, <laughs> who produced those Stuart Gordon films, mm-hmm. and also directed uh, *Bride of Reanimator* and *Society* and *Return of the Living Dead 3. Ooh, I'm liking the sounds of this setup. This was supposed to be Stuart Gordon's next film. Oh, but it's they're giving it to Joe Lynch. Yeah, because Stuart Gordon died three years ago, two years ago, two years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, years yeah, ago. that's right, that's right. Yeah. Uh, this was the movie he was working on. It was going to be a reunion between him and Barbara Crampton and Paoli and Yuzna, and they're going to do another Lovecraft, um, another Lovecraft adaptation. Uh, and, uh, yeah, instead, from what Joe Lynch was talking about recently on an episode of um, Charles Band's podcast, he brought it up. And, uh, God damn, what is the name of the movie, though? Oh, A Suitable Flesh is going to be the movie's name. A Suitable Flesh. I was trying to look that shit up. <laughs> um, I don't know why it's so hard to find that right now. Uh, but it just says the thing on the doorstep. But, yes, A Suitable Flesh would be the name of the movie. Apparently, it'd be very over-the-top, like Stuart Gordon, like, referenced, um, like, levels of violence and gore. Hell yeah. And camp. Um, and Joe Lynch was basically like, yeah, I was, like, 11th on a list of people that if, if Stewart got sick and passed away, uh, the 10 directors, he will want to do this movie. Uh, I was like number 11, <laughs> but they, they gave me the blessing and I went and did it. And I think that's awesome. Cause Joe Lynch seems like an awesome guy. Um, I love him in interviews and I like his movies. I think he's fun. Um, and I love whenever him and Adam green to get, get together, which speaking of which, uh, the annual Yorkie thon just happened. You know what Yorkie Thon is? Is it the thing where a bunch of little Yorkies are? <laughs> uh, kind of. Adam Green and Joe Lynch have a Yorkie Thon every year where they um, they marathon movies. I think this year instead they broke it up over a week. Um, but before it used to be they would go like 48 hours or some shit watching <laughs> movies and having guests come on and, you know, as the night or the day went on, days went on. Um, they would get less and less lucid and uh, people were able to donate and buy things and all the money would go to uh, Yorkie rescue. And this year Aww. they saved up $27,000 because of course, 
Adam Green, director of the Hatchet series and other movies, has a Yorkie guy, a Yorkie named Arwen. Yeah. So they um, they're like, yeah, we sit down. Uh, so Yorkies don't have to lose their lives, <laughs> something like that. So they made twenty seven thousand dollars for Yorkie Rescue, and that's pretty awesome. That just ended this past week. That's cool. Who'd they have on? Uh, some people had on there. I know they had like Doug Bradley on there, and uh, oh wow, yeah, they had uh, C. Robert Cargill, and they had they had a lot of people on there actually because it was all over like it's had like each day they marathoned, but just they, they gave themselves time to sleep this time. Rest. Huh? They get Tony Todd back to make me depressed? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not like that episode of uh, Scary Sleepover. Whenever Adam Green and Tony Todd had a sleepover, <laughs> and Tony Todd gives one of the most depressing stories ever. I mean, he is, a, he is so fucking. Seems like such a cool dude in that story. I'm like, oh, Tony, no. Tony is a very nice guy. You met him briefly in a bathroom. That's true. Sexually. That's true. Well, he didn't know it was me. You see, it's this thing called a glory hole. It's this thing called a body double. <laughs> yeah, keep a theme. It's going it's to be a very sexy episode. It's like, man, this bitch's ass is hairy. <laughs> Tony, come on the show. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah. Um I think that's I think that's all I really watch and uh, heard of this yeah. week. Anything else? Did you watch the, the the Christmas movie that came out on Shutter? No, I hear it's bad. Oh, is it? Yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of stupid, but I was hoping it would be, like, stupid in a good way. Was it called Silent Night? No, not that one. That, that one came Deadly out Night? in 2015. It's called something like that, though. Deadly Night, some shit it's like that? I thought it was, like, Better Watch Out or something like that. Mm, I know somebody just watched a lot of mechanical Santa killing people. Uh, Christmas Bloody Christmas. Mm, we were both totally off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess you can just watch Violent Night instead. Apparently, that's at least kind of fun. I don't know. I haven't watched this one yet, though. So Violent Night came out in 2015. No, Violent Night is is the new David Harbor film that just came out. What's the one with like the Santa with the flamethrower? Oh, I don't know. Santa Slay. No, it's not that one. <laughs> Which you talked it's about in an earlier Night? episode. Is it huh? Silent? Maybe it's Silent Night. I don't know. Maybe Silent Night. Oh, Violent Night. Oh, the fucking action movie. God damn it. Yeah, I'm talking about the David yeah, Harbour one that just came, came out. out. Yeah. Yeah. With Die Hard Santa. Would you, uh, did you watch it? Mm-mm. I got to admit, no. I am a little bit curious. I hear, I hear it's silly, but it's fun. Like, I hear it's not great, but it's, it's everything you think it would be. That's all you need. That's all you need. I know. Uh, yeah, it's probably going to be super corny. It looks campy as fuck. I don't know. I like David Harbour, though. Yeah, exactly. And I like, um, uh, like, Oh, yeah. John, John Lickwazamo's in as the bad guy. In Max. Yeah, he was just in this. And he was just in that movie, The Menu. I haven't watched The Menu yet either. Oh, I've been curious about that, but I've heard mixed things. I hear it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I hear it's a little on the nose, but I hear it's all right. True. True. Yeah. 
All right. Well, want to get into the movie then? Yeah, let's you're, get into you're pointing it because apparently I don't understand the movie. <laughs> I figured I was going to try to pawn this one off on you because I've done the last couple, but I'll do this one as well since you got confused <laughs> along the way. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? <laughs> it is like one of the most straightforward. <laughs> it's one of the most straightforward twists. You're like, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> But we'll get into that as we talk about. Thing. I think I went. I kind of went into it with the idea like, Blaze, there's going to be something that happens, and you're just not smart enough for it. <laughs> like, and then it's like, well, here it is. That's the twist. And I'm like, no, that can't be it. <laughs> like, that's-, no, that, that's it. Yeah. No, the, 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 the twist isn't the thing that's supposed to be complicated. It was the whole thing about Brian De Palma wanting to make an X-rated movie, and the studios being like, no, you're making an R-rated movie. <laughs> Which we'll get into. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's get into trailer time. Trailer time. Or I could just play the song Relax. <laughs> and then we'll get back into it. It may be in the trailer. Relax. <laughs> Don't worry, Derek. I'm just a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about Zoolander also. <laughs> yeah, every time I hear that. Like... <laughs> All right, trailer time. All right. Do you have a place to stay? Yeah, I guess I do. I can't believe this. Some, isn't it? <laughs> really nice. Yeah. No, no really, thanks I... necessary. One struggling actor helping out another. following Gloria Ravel. That's not what happened. He was throwing out a net, sizing me up. That's what he wanted. No! All right. 1984. Body double. And this is especially exciting for me though this isn't my favorite movie of his it's one that i really like um not as i don't think it's top echelon of his filmography but i i i love the sleaze level that that this particular director (laughs) wanted to touch on doing this film and uh this is the first movie we're talking about from one of my favorite directors which is brian de palma 
Uh, we've never talked about Brian De Palma movie on uh, the show before as our main topic. So we've never talked about Carrie. We've never talked about Blowout. We've never talked about fucking Dress to Kill. <laughs> we've talked about like all we these really other movies. Dress to Kill. Dress to Kill so good. Yeah, Dress to Kill's great. And because of the success of Carrie and Dress to Kill, um, and, and Blowout to a degree, but it's especially the movie he put out right before Body Double, which was Scarface, um, basically gave him a green light to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do. And he wanted to do Body Double, which is a um, complete homage to 1950s Alfred Hitchcock films, first of all, especially Rare Window and Vertigo. Uh, Very clearly. (laughs) Um, Which people have always claimed that Brian De Palma rips off Albert Hitchcock, which I'll get to more in a little bit, how I feel about it. Um, whenever really he's always admitted that, uh, what Brian De Palma did with Hitchcock in movies is what Quentin Tarantino did years later, which Brian De Palma is one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite directors. And that's all he took the f- things he loves from certain movies and remixed it into his own film. Um, you could definitely see it in this movie. You can see it in uh, Dress to Kill. You can see it in other movies. But yeah, this is a very Hitchcockian sex thriller. Um, people at the time were writing it, calling it a sex spencer. <laughs> okay. A sex spencer. It's like, it's like a thriller with sex. <laughs> uh, suspense film with sex. We're going to call it sex spencer. Sex spencer. Brian De Palma directed and co-wrote it. Uh, well, he directed and wrote it, and it was co-written by Robert J. Uh, Averick. It's really Brian De Palma's baby. Um, let me s- set the scene real quick. 1984 was a great year for horror. Uh, Brian De Palma's uh, Body Double Course came out. Here's some other movies that came out in 1984 in the horror genre. Nightmare Before Christmas, or Night Before Christmas, Jesus Christ, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> I'm not up. I'm like, but Christmas came out also. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Wait, Nightmare Before Christmas. Christmas came out that year? Yeah, no. No. I didn't <laughs> was, think so. All, I was like, what are you talking I about? I believe that's nine years too early. Or ten yeah. years too early. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Sorry, Jesus Christ. Um, Friday the 13th Part 4. Ghostbusters. Gremlins. I believe Silent Night, Deadly Night, the first one came out that year. Terminator. Um, yeah. Which, oh, yeah. Man, that's something we were supposed to talk about in the news, too. What's that? Fucking James Cameron. Oh, what about? Well, let's talk about him now. <laughs> the don't call it a comeback? <laughs> no, what are you talking about? Dude, people are fucking, fl- like... I don't that that fucking mouse has so much goddamn money because they are just paying every fucking critic. Number one, they don't have an open review, so fans can't go review the movie or anything like that for Avatar two. Uh-huh. And all the critics are like, it is the most staggering accomplishment of film ever, and blah 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 and blah blah blah. Yep. Find out. That if they don't <laughs> break uh, the box office history by fourth place, they have to be the fourth highest grossing movie of all time in the world to break even on this movie. 
Yeah, it's taking for fucking ever to make it. Do you remember yeah, when they first announced sequels to Avatar? You're supposed to make nine of them. Wasn't that insane? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you still uh, said, like, I guess I'll do six. I'm like, at this rate, you aren't. And here's the thing. Like, they had Guillermo del Toro come out, and he's like, it is a staggering accomplishment. It's so good. And I'm like, you don't believe that, del Toro. They're paying you. They're paying <laughs> you, you son of a bitch. Well, he's he, he's also he's also cheerleader of other filmmakers, so I wouldn't put it past him to be like this. Amazing, I, I mean, he he may have he may have been talking hyperbole at some point. But. I just remember everyone flipping their shit about the first Avatar, and I remember being so excited to go see it. And I sat down. I'm like, that's it. Like, yeah, that's I, I, I don't think I don't think the first. I mean, whenever it first came out, I loved talking shit about. It. I used to say it fucking sucked, but I, I honestly don't believe the movie sucks. I just. I think I think for the time it was it was a massive achievement for CGI, but as far as just a movie, yeah, as far as a movie and story goes, it was just okay. Um, I mean, it's a script you're sitting on for like ten to fifteen years at that point, and it clearly never had a rewrite because it just dances with wolves or Pocahontas, but. It is what it is. I'm just like, you know, we're living in a world now where every movie, especially Marvel and Disney films, are so overstuffed with CGI. Like, why would I give a fuck how good the graphics are? <laughs> you know, it's all it all blends together. Um, but yeah, uh, going a little off track, but but it does tie in. Uh, Terminator did come out in 1984, which also um, Melanie Griffith in this movie plays Holly Body. A porn, a porn actress in this movie, um, which, um, uh, what's her name? Linda Hamilton got offered the role uh, of, and she decided to go do Terminator <laughs> instead. Oh, how about uh, that? Yeah, and both came out the same year. Uh, along with Jamie Lee Curtis, got offered that role. Um, Tatum O'Neill got offered that role. A couple, a few other actresses. They all turned it down once they read the script, um, and for different reasons. Uh, Brian De Palma wanted, since he got a green light, he was like, you know, whenever I made, whenever he made Scarface, there was a huge battle, uh, with the studio to, for that to get an R rating. And that was supposed to be NC-17 rating. They kept on getting X ratings every time he would turn it in. He had to keep on cutting parts out, dialing the tones down on the blood, all that stuff. Um, re, re-editing the chainsaw scene multiple times for that to get an R rating. So this time he's like, hey, I get green light to do whatever the fuck I want because Scarface made a shitload of money. I want to make an X-rated movie. And immediately, <laughs> immediately, Columbia was like, like fuck you are. <laughs> because at the that time, Columbia was... turning yellow really quick, pal. <laughs> <laughs> at, at that time, Columbia was still owned by Coca-Cola. And Coca-Cola was like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> Uh, so Brian De Palma, I think, came pretty close to an X-rated movie. There's a lot of sex. He also wanted to have what he was going to tout as the first unsimulated sex scene in a movie uh, in this film. But, of course, they didn't let him do that either. Which ended up happening in a few movies recently. Uh, yeah, what's the infamous one? A fucking Antichrist? Isn't the Willem Dafoe sex scene real in that movie? I don't think so because they had to give him a fake dick because his hog is too big. Remember the joke we said last week <laughs> about Gigi Allen? Oh yeah, dude, we need we need to cast Gigi Allen. <laughs> uh, Willem Dafoe is Gigi Allen, and you put a little a little fucking prosthetic cock on the tip of his enormous elephant Dafoe cock. <laughs> 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 and then there you Gigi. go. 
Dude, I'll watch Willy Defoe as fucking GGL. That'd be awesome. That would be pretty wild. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so Brian De Palma was like, "Hey, I want to make this 1950s Hitchcock throwback," and uh, he went into it. A person that he's claimed to have ripped off a lot. I mean, Obsession is basically almost a verbatim remake of Vertigo. Um, but I do feel like if uh, this is the point I was gonna make earlier, is that if Hitchcock would have lived into the eighties, these are the kind of movies he would have been making. Oh yeah. Uh, people don't realize this because they look at the time it was made. Alfred Hitch- Alfred Hitchcock, first of all, was a dirty boy. <laughs> he was a dirty old man. Yeah. <laughs> and he has he has something against blonde women. <laughs> I know, fucking, uh, what is his name? The really uh, guy who plays fucking Garth in Wayne's World. What's his name? Oh, yeah, Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. But his fucking impression of Alfred Hitchcock being inappropriate with actors is so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's infamously was terrible with actors, especially uh, women actors. Oh. Uh, I mean, he was an awful person. But, I mean, you look at his movies, though. And he was always pushing the boundaries on like what the the rating boards at the time would let him do. Right. I mean, he was slowly, especially look at the closer to the end of his career, his big movies in the seventies because he died in nineteen eighty. Uh, they were getting sleazier and sleazier because he's able to get along, get away with more. Um, and I feel like his trajectory was going to take this kind of path where he's going to make basically, you know, erotic thrillers. Uh, I mean. People don't realize Psycho, he was such a dirty boy. That's why it's the first toilet that was on the uh, on a film or uh, in, a, in a feature film. It was the first time they shot a toilet. It showed up in a movie theater. But anyways, uh, yeah, I feel like this has a lot of De Palma tissue or a lot of uh, Hitchcock tissue shared uh, with De Palma here. All right. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. So... My review of this movie, <laughs> Letterboxd, <laughs> and I think I read it last episode, basically I said, Bill Maher is a dirty pervert in this Brian De Palma sex thriller. It is not Bill Maher. He does <laughs> look movie. like Bill Maher. He does look like Bill Maher. Uh, the actor's name is Craig Wasson. Uh, horror fans will probably recognize Craig Wasson from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. He is the head doctor. Um, he's one of the main characters in, in the movie. He's the um, lead doctor at the um, mental institution that all the kids are at. And right. he starts a uh, romance with Nancy in that film. But in this movie, Craig Wasson plays an actor named Jake Scully. And uh, we open up the movie where he's making a uh, also a little bit of similar tissue of blowout um, because both start with um Somebody a movie within a movie. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> a film a movie within a movie where uh uh he's playing a vampire in a movie called Kiss of the Vampire, I think. And uh he's in a coffin at the very beginning, the camera's coming in on him, and uh he completely freezes. Can't move and just tears are coming down his eyes and stuff. Um director Dennis Franz <laughs> <laughs> calls cut <laughs> always always great to see Dennis Franz in a movie um, and uh, he's like what, really what, what, what's going on 
What's that? Truly a jewel. <laughs> yes, I loved it as friends. And, yeah. you know, he's worked to Palma multiple times. They did like five movies together. He wasn't Blowout and Andress a Kill. Um, a few other films with them. Uh, but yeah, Dennis France, who say based his director character on Brian De Palma, <laughs> how he acted, but I just watched him like, he just acted like Dennis France. So I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's like, Oh, what happened? It's like, I don't know. I just, I just froze. And not too long. Do we realize that our main character, Jake has claustrophobia, which, uh, has some tissue of vertigo where, uh, Old Jimmy Stewart it has vertigo, and that's something that keeps on popping up throughout the film. But it's like on this movie, Claustrophobia, we got Body Double instead. Which also, Brian De Palma got the idea of making this movie from uh, Tucker Angie Dickinson's um, Body Double on the set of Dress to Kill, whenever she had her shower scene uh, Body Double. And kind of like, wow, that's such an interesting like thing to do whenever you have a, um, like, what would be like very Hitchcockian with a body double. And it kind of just went from there. Um, but yeah, uh, Jake, Jake is like, well, I may have froze at work, but you know, there's always tomorrow. You know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to pick up some hot dogs and I'm going to go home to my beautiful wife played by Barbara Crampton. Not in the movie long, (laughs) not movie long. This is Barbara Crampton's, uh, Feature film debut. I think she was only on a soap opera. I think she was like Days of Our Lives for a season before this. This is the first movie she was in. Um, and she bears it all because whenever uh, Jake gets home, he finds her riding the fuck out of a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, but I brought you hot dogs. And she's probably like, I already got one. <laughs> this hot dog is a bratwurst. <laughs> got my, you got his pig in my blanket. And, um, so, uh, Jake is like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. Barbara Crampton's cheated on me. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by Barbara Crampton. Cause that's all you see ever. She's in the movie for five seconds. Yeah. Five seconds. And that's it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so he goes to the local bar and there's like, Hey Jake. And, uh, Jake just starts acting like a complete dick to this bartender. <laughs> oh yeah. He totally does. And the bartender is like, <laughs> Fine, fuck you. And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you should be sorry, Jake. You're being a fucking asshole. He's like, he's like, Jake, you quit drinking. He's like, just give me the fucking bottle. I was like, how about you pour your own drinks? And then maybe you have to make the note of like, I, I never get that in movies. Whenever they go to the bar and the bartender just puts a bottle in front of them. Like, I never get the semantics of how they bill them afterwards. <laughs> No, it, unless you bill them for the whole fucking bottle, which at a bar is going to cost you triple the price of buying it at the store. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just never like, how about you pour your own drinks? And it just like comes back, it's like, uh, I only have four. It's like you drink the whole bottle. <laughs> yeah, but the bottle's empty. <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, the bartender, even though Jake was being a complete asshole to him, is like, hey, uh, how about you just crash on my couch? He's like, all right. So he does. And uh, he's looking at the news ads, and he's like, oh, I can go and try out for some places, uh, some new auditions for new new roles. Um, and he goes to a, an audition 
where he's talking to his an actor friend that just happens to be there. And uh, a man comes up who um, introduces himself as Sam. And uh, super friendly guy played by Greg Henry. And um, likes to wear a scarf. He sure does. <laughs> he sure does. Like and, uh, Why are you wearing a scarf? Because <laughs> I'm an actor. Yeah, we're in fucking Los Angeles, even though this apparently was supposed to originally be set in New York uh, in the original script. But uh, it's in LA, which is hot as fuck, and you probably are never going to wear a scarf unless it's ironically, or you're an actor. <laughs> um, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Scully's going to different auditions. He's kind of down on his luck. Sam keeps on popping up. Um, he also pops up at Scully's acting class. Yes, it was an acting class, which seemed to be therapy as well. <laughs> <laughs> so he has. So the acting coach has Jake. I guess it's a. I guess it's an acting. Uh, exercise where you pull into some type of um, trauma. Yeah, trauma that's happened to you in your life, and you're supposed to use that to, you know, pull emotion out of your performance. So Scully remembers playing sardines as a kid with his with his siblings, uh, which is basically hide and seek, and he wedged himself behind the freezer and he got stuck there. Um, but he was afraid to leave the hiding place because sardines don't <laughs> sardines don't leave their packaging. Sardines don't talk. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and so sardines uh, are dead, Jake. They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Greg Henry or uh, Sam rather is like, hey, will you, will you stop fucking picking on the guy? And the acting coach is like, what are you talking about? And uh, uh, Scully is literally uh, balled up <laughs> in fear, like in a corner. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't see no problem with my teaching methods. <laughs> um, Get out of here. I think you should leave. Yeah. <laughs> hey, come here. I want to mentally abuse you. <laughs> <laughs> so him and Sam go to the bar instead, and they're drinking. Um, and Sam is asking Jake all about his woes. And Jake is like, oh, yeah, my, uh, well, I caught my wife cheating on me. And it's like, oh, my God, you caught her having sex. He's like, well, not exactly. I bought her hot dogs, but another man was already giving her hot dog. I'm actually very, I'm, I'm very confused because literally they were having sex, but apparently she was having hot dogs. So I don't, I don't really know. He's like, that's terrible. He's like, listen, I've been getting ass for 16 years, but nobody's ever made me. No, no. What, what does he say? He's like, when I walked in, she was glowing. And Greg Henry is like, I've been getting ass for 16 years, which I look at Greg Henry in this movie and I'm like, Oh, you must have got sorry, getting laid in your thirties. No, he's thirty-two in this film. <laughs> Jesus, he looks like he's like forty-eight. He's like a year older than us. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, he's like, "Yeah, I, I've never been able to make a girl glow or whatever." Uh, in the thirty, in the sixteen years I've been having sex, and they all have a good laugh about it. And they're like, <laughs> "Women, am I right?" And it's like, "Sure, uh, vaguely misogynistic, whatever." <laughs> It's like they expect something from us during sex. Ew, <laughs> <laughs> <Ew>, gross. <laughs> um, so, 
So, um, so Sam is like, Hey, listen, uh, you like plants? <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, I can take them or leave them. It's like, Hey, I've been house sitting for a friend of mine. And, uh, if you want, he's still going to be out of the country and I'm going to be gone for a little while. Uh, so if you want to watch it for me, I'll give you a place to stay and get back on your feet, which Jake is like, all right. <laughs> and so they go to this crazy pad up in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Like, where the fuck did you get that? And like, where did you, what, what part of the city approved you to have that? <laughs> That's an actual building. Um, is it the one see. that the fucking cockroach man climbs in fucking men in black? <laughs> That is. It's called the Chemosphere. It's an ultra modern house that's actually in Los Angeles. It's seen as a um, architectural um, achievement. It looks cool as fuck. Depressing name, but yeah. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, a little bit. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Old Greg Henry. I used to call Greg Henry, call him Sam. I used to call his character's name. I used to start calling him Greg Henry and need to start calling fucking uh, Jake Bill Maher. But <laughs> yeah. So old Bill Maher is up there <laughs> and uh, they're both having drinks. And um, and uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, I just got water these plants uh, after six every day. And uh, that's all. You get to stay in this insanely crazy pad. That an elevator has to take you to, or a really, 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 really steep staircase. It's up to you. It's like I'll take the um, the little elevator thing that goes up. You don't want to, and, uh, I mean, you can get your steps and like you can do this. It'll be way healthier. But nah. Oh, and no. by the way, you can be a fucking pervert all night long. <laughs> well, here comes, here comes. The crux of the whole movie is that, <laughs> is that Sam is like, hey, you want to see something cool? You want to see or you want to see another um, amenity that comes with uh, comes with staying here? And and uh, Scully's like, sure. And uh, they walk over. There's a uh, little telescope. It's not a telescope. It's like a it's like a, not a binocular, binocular, but a. Unocular. <laughs> it almost looks like a camera, but um, right across from the camera and the uh, next building over, this house. Not a telescope. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's a telescope. It's just not like a long barrel one. Yeah. Um, but there's a house right across the landing, and uh, with a shitload of windows. <laughs> I don't know how anybody gets any sleep in there in the day. No, at all. It's like 90% windows. Uh, there is a woman stripping in the window. An attractive brunette. Um, and he's like, this is every night? And Sam's like, yeah, you fucking weirdo. But it's pretty awesome, isn't it? <laughs> and Jake is like, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, Sam is still doing something in the house. But Jake is just standing there watching her like the whole time as she's stripping out of her clothes and like filling on her body and 
I felt like she was masturbating at a point. <laughs> it looked like it. Yeah, it looked like it. Um, and he's just watching. He's just watching like a dirty pervert. And he, and, he even uh, does like the. Uh, <laughs> and it's like you know, there's somebody else in the fucking room with you. You fucking gross. Like, if somebody was just standing there and I knew what they were looking at, I'd be like, yeah, you know, that chick's pretty hot. Number one, I wouldn't be like, hey, you should stare at this telescope and spy on them like a fucking creeper. I'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah, you know, that, you know, if it even came up, it would be like, yeah, the neighbor's very attractive. You know, that's about it. But to, to be like, he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to fucking stare at her. And, you know, just forever through this telescope, it'd be like, okay, well, that's weird. I'm going to just get my shit and start packing up to go. And then I start walking out and he goes, "Uh." I'd be like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Instead of Sam, it's just like, yeah, it's pretty great, right? It's like, yeah, it's like, all right, see you later. Just leaves. He's on. like, "Yeah, I came too." <laughs> I drink after this all the time, and so he's like, "Hey, if you're having trouble, just give me a call. I'll be, ca- I'll be, I'll be calling you long distance to check in on you." And Jake is like, "Cool." And um, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm trying to stare at this <laughs> woman through her window, but Jake's our hero. <laughs> He is. He is. Um, so, uh, yeah, the next night he does the same thing. He watches her two nights in a row. Um, she does the exact same thing where she's in front of this window. She's getting fucking naked. She's filling all up on herself. But uh, as he's looking through his telescope, he kind of sees that somebody's working on a satellite dish that's off, off to the side. And uh, Jake moves the camera to see him. <laughs> moves aside to see him and he notices hey this guy's being a dirty pervert and watching this lady get naked in the window (laughs) I won't stand for it he's probably planning something not realizing that he's doing the same fucking thing yep so he's watching him and the man that's watching from this satellite dish just who he thought was a technician there seems to be this very scarred individual um, who later gets referred to as an Indian. Similar look to Jaws from James Bond. He does look like Jaws. Yeah. But uh, he's described later on as being Indian, uh, which is, which is kind of racist. So now, now Jake is a, Old, old Jake Scully's worried. <clears throat> and uh, how he decides to figure out this problem is by stalking this woman Easy. for a really, really long time. Yeah, it, it like super long. And like, not like, even when the guy disappears and they get away, he's still following. <laughs> So, so there's this whole sequence happens in the movie. Uh, Jake is driving around. He goes to the farmer's market. He gets in groceries. He's driving back to the pad. And uh, there's some guys that were cleaning up trees or cutting down trees, but looks like a whole bunch of fell out the bed of their truck. So the road is blocked. They're tying everything up. Where they're stopped is the same uh, is the entrance to the house that this woman lives in. Uh, 
which Jake sees and he probably comes his pants. <laughs> but out of the distance on the other side of where this truck is stopped, he sees the scarred individual out there uh, watching. And uh, once there's a little bit of room, she shoots out, drives around um, and he gives chase to her. Um, and it, but not before he sees that the truck that this scarred man was driving took after her. So they all end up at a, I guess it's an outlet mall. Kind of like an out. Is, is yeah, that what? Kinda. Yeah. They're at an outlet mall. Um, and she's on a pay phone. It's like one of those and, outdoor malls. Yeah. And, um, he's on, she's on a pay phone and he gets on the pay phone next door and this starts <laughs> this really long stocking sequence. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's, it, it's so well. It, so, okay. It's so creepy and it doesn't make any sense because I'm sure I, I never wrote this down. I'm sure that being a guy and if you're like walking down, being a guy <laughs> of rational thought, you know, being a guy of somebody that, that would never think of doing anything like that. You ever had that uncomfortable position of like walking down the street, like going someplace, and then like a woman comes up in front of like in front of you walking to like someplace or going somewhere. And it looks like y'all are kind of going like the same direction. But you ever have like the back of my like, I don't want her to think like I'm following her. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So you're just trying to like look everywhere around and try to like slow down like how much you walk. It's just like I don't want to like, look behind and think like I'm stalking her or like anything like that. I hope we don't end up at the same place. Oh, I know. <laughs> like sometimes I'll be I'll I'll like try and act rude and get around them. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just, just push them out of the way. They'll just be like, Oh, he's kind of a dick. But at least I would rather them think I'm a dick than a stalker. <laughs> you just pick her up and throw her in the trash can that's on the side of the street. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're garbage. <laughs> I'm not stalking you. <laughs> but you know yeah, what? But you uh, grabbed me and threw me in a trash can. I'm like, yeah, that's because I'm not stalking you. <laughs> um, even though we share that mentality, uh, Jake does not. <laughs> Jake. No, absolutely not. Jake is walking three steps behind her the whole time, being awkward as fuck about it. Um, and also, this seems really well shot because there's some really cool camera movements where basically it's kind of cat and mouse between three people, um, where it's Jake following who we learn her name is Gloria later on, um, following the lady next door, uh, but also um, the the I was going to say the stalker, but both of them are stalkers. <laughs> Both of our stalkers, uh, uh, the scarred man, I'll just call him the scarred man, is uh, following them around as well. So there's sometimes where you'll see them both, like, two characters go one way, but you'll see the other one kind of run in the background. There's a lot of little right. cool cracking shots and stuff like that, um, which I really like. But yeah, fucking Jake is just following uh, Gloria all around this place. She goes into uh, a clothing store and buys fucking panties. And she's changing the panties in the dressing room. He's, and he's just watching. watching her. And thank goodness for the fucking uh, person at the checkout. She's like, call security. She's like, I think we got a problem here. Like, there's yeah. a guy. And I'm like, good, good for you. Because he is watching her get changed. That and, like, 
oh, isn't it so romantic? He loves her. And it's like, you don't think that when Ted Bundy's looking at somebody like No, I, I never I never feel I never feel that at any point in this movie. And I don't think Brian De Palma meant for the audience to feel that way, anyways. I think that the whole thing is like no, this is sleazy, and our main character is a dirty fucking perv. Because this movie's super fucking perverted. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's watching her fucking strip into um, strip her underwear, put underwear on, and I don't know. Also, I don't know why the curtain to the dressing room is right next to a fucking window. But <laughs> yeah, it really makes no sense. But but then he sees. Um, from across the way on the, the windows on the other side of the shop, the scarred man is standing there. Um, she gets done shopping. Guy tries to stop Jake. Uh, security tries to stop Jake. He's like, oh, no, it's it's fine. And security guy's like, not like, really. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of walks off from him. Um, yeah, he's like, oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was like, what were you doing? It was like, oh, I was just mistreating a woman. He's like, well, since the 80s. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> He's like, he's like that fucking bitch, call me over here. <laughs> he's like, mistreating what? It's like that that woman. What? Oh, oh, you mean a man with boobs? Oh, sorry, <laughs> I got confused. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, uh, he follows her into an elevator. Uh, the elevator gets jam packed, which I think almost triggers his claustrophobia. I think that's what was kind of going on there. Um, yeah, playing cat and mouse. Uh, she goes, gets her car. She throws her underwear into a trash can. The underwear she just bought, or maybe it's her old pair of underwear. It was the old pair of underwear, right? Yes. Well, because she, she put the new pair on, and she put the old pair into the bag. Oh, did she? Oh, yeah, I think she checked out. What she? I think she wore the the new pair out, and yeah, she and put. Then he just fucking takes it out of the trash. <laughs> he takes it out of the trash can, puts it in his fucking pocket like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> We're really selling this film. <laughs> oh yeah. And he follows her to like a beach house. Um and like completely I mean completely nonchalantly <laughs> just goes where she can see, like right in front of her on the beach, then walks upstairs and goes to the balcony right above her where she can clearly see him again. <laughs> and then he knows the scar man is there. Uh, who steals her purse and Jake runs after him, uh, which Brian De Palma wasn't happy with the chase sequence. He hated how it was shot and it does look very awkward, but it's also a hard to shoot chase scene where people are running in sand. So I don't know. That's true. Um, until the scar man runs down a, a tunnel and Jake chases him down the tunnel, but he freezes because of claustrophobia um, to which Gloria comes and finds him and he asks for her help and she kind of guides him out of the tunnel. And then she's like, you've been following me. And he's like, yeah. And they start making out. <laughs> That's it, dude. Like fucking <laughs> weird as fuck. Like not just making out. He's like taking her top off and grabbing her, her boobs. And yeah. she's like, ah. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> And then she's like, wait, I can't not hear. And then runs away. I, I think like, I don't know what my problem is. I don't know if my problem with this movie is Craig was or just how much of a pervert Craig was is or how like, 
I feel like there's a believability in Craig Wasson's character, especially with some of the stuff that happens a little bit later on as being like women would be attracted to him. <laughs> like, I feel like they should have got like a more like, like a better looking guy. That's kind of like more of a sleaze. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess like just to, yeah. But remember when he slicks his hair back later on? Oh my God. Dude. Like, like get, get fucking Jeff Fahey, get eighties, Jeff Fahey, like, like his character from psycho three and put him in this movie. It probably work. John Stamos. <laughs> just get John Stamos. Stamos isn't sleazy enough, though. He's Stamos. He's too. He's too much of a good boy. I'm just saying. I think he could pull it off. He may have been probably better than Craig Wasson, but probably better than Bill Maher. But, yeah. Um, uh, like I'm going to be in this movie just to say some offensive shit and bother people. <laughs> I'm so smart. I'm so edgy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he. So she runs off. Also. Um, what is her name? I had it up. Uh, Deborah Shelton, who plays Gloria. Uh, we find our name is Gloria Ravel. Um, the lady next door. Uh, she, her voice, I don't know if you noticed this. I noticed this is the first time I watched it, but, um, <laughs> her, her voice is a different voice. Yes, I did notice that. Somebody else dubbed her voice. Like, they dubbed over her voice for some reason. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Helen Shaver was uncredited as her voice, uh, who's another actress. They put her, um, all her dubbing okay with her. With that. <laughs> but here's a fun thing. Uh, Deborah Shelton, who, who plays uh, Gloria, uh, she was married to Shuki Le- Levi, uh, was her second husband. The and he Shuki did, like, the Levi? Mu- yeah. You know, you know who that is? No, <laughs> I didn't either until I looked up. Until I looked him up, and uh, he's an Israeli. Uh, who knew an Israeli American with a name like Shuki Levy um, that he's an Israeli American music composer who did uh, the soundtrack compositions for children television programs of the '80s, like The Real Ghostbusters, Inspector Gadget, Mysterious Cities of Gold, Mask, Dinosaurs, He Man, Shira, and Jason the World Warriors. <laughs> he's like the John Williams of '80s cartoons. <laughs> and he also did he also did the power rangers and uh big big bad beetleborgs and digimon big as well bad beetleborgs <laughs> that piece of shit uh i used to love that show as a kid i did until i rewatched it as an adult holy shit does it not hold up oh i'm sure i, love it as a kid. I don't think the power rangers does either oh no i'm sure it doesn't um but yeah uh so Craig goes home that night. He's he's by his trusty telescope. <laughs> Ready to whack it. Ready to whack like my off. best friend in the world. Yeah, he's he's waiting. He's waiting to see uh to see Gloria come up to the window. But instead he notices. Also, we forgot to mention that that Gloria is a married woman. Uh the first night whenever he was rear windowing her. I also yep. forgot that's of course the rear window. Um connection is him you know watching into her house um <clears throat> their husband came home and beat her up and stole money out of their out of their wall safe there's a wall safe in their house but anyway so this night he notices that um the scarred man is in her house with a rather large drill and she doesn't know about it uh he's up on the second floor she's on the bottom floor he's trying to call her to warn her 
but she gets attacked before he can, so he decides to run over there to try to save her. She gets, uh, he gets into the house. Um, the dog, the house dog attacks him. <laughs> oh, yeah, he attacks the shit out of him. Yeah, like you're, he, you're he almost him. annoyed by the dog. You're like, dude, come on. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he gashes his neck open, like goes for the fucking throat. Now she's getting attacked up the stairs. Um, whenever she first got choked out, uh, the scarred man strangles her with the uh, telephone cord, but her head launches back and knocks him out. Well, it hits him in the face and he falls back and falls on the drill and knocks himself out. And they're both out. He regains consciousness, throws her to the ground, well, stabs her in the back with the drill. And it's a long fucking drill also. Yeah, like fucking driller killer style. It is totally driller killer uh, drill. Gets her on the floor very phallically. The drill goes between his legs and drills through her down through the roof since we're on the second yeah, floor. <laughs> through the floor of the second floor. Yeah. Which Brian De Palma said later. He's like, yeah, people keep on saying it was a phallic thing. It was a phallic thing. I just had to find a drill that was would be long enough to drill <laughs> to drill through like all the way through the floor for, and be able to see it. Which makes sense. Um, this scene was super controversial. Uh, I think that right whenever the first screening happened, I think that the uh, execs are like, "Oh my god! Like you are about to get like death threats from <laughs> from like every woman's group <laughs> that we have, like that that there is." Uh, and uh, I think he did get a lot of shit. I mean, Brian De Palma, somebody that's gone just like Alfred Hitchcock, has gotten a lot of um, claims being. A misogynist filmmaker and being very misogynistic, which there can definitely be an argument made. There is a lot of violence towards women in a lot of his films, which he always claims, like, I was just looking for new, interesting ways to kill people in my movies, but <laughs> he kills the fuck out of Gloria, though, in this movie. Um, cops show up and they're like, Oh, so you're the only witness, huh? And uh, you don't find a guy, and you're in her house, and you have blood all over. You got attacked by the dog, and you have her panties in your pocket. Yeah, that was the part that got me. I'm like, arrest him <laughs> right now. He's Just like, yeah, I don't know if you killed her, but you're a fucking pervert. <laughs> like, you're going to jail. There's a great dark comedy beat where he's talking about, like, I tried to save her or whatever, and they're, like, literally moving the body bag <laughs> out yeah. the front door. <laughs> Um, the cop was like, yeah, you're kind of like my number one suspect right now because you're literally holding your panties and you've been stalking around, you fucking nut job. <laughs> uh, so crazy. You don't understand. <laughs> it's like, what don't I understand? I think uh, I put, I'm a pervert. <laughs> the detective's very good at his job, <laughs> by the way. Um, I thought I put a note down of his. I, I didn't. Um, yeah, so uh, Jake goes goes back to the pad. He's drinking, gets drunk. Um, he's watching porno on TV. <laughs> he's watching porno um, and porno previews, or is a just a porno channel with porno commercials on it? I don't know. <laughs> and he sees yeah, that it, there's. It's like yeah, it's like porn previews. I think. Yeah, he notices that there's um, a commercial for a porno. Uh, Holly in Hollywood or something. A Holly in Hollywood starring uh, a porn actress named Holly Body. And while he's watching the commercial, he notices something. 
that makes him hurry and go to his closest video store and rent all the porn he can so he can go and beat off. <laughs> That's it. There's no other part to that story. The movie ends really? with Gloria dead and him covered in gum. <laughs> He's covered in his own shame glaze. <laughs> Credits. Oh, no. It's like a nasty donut. <laughs> He's, uh, but really, would you be that surprised if that's what he was doing at this point? No, because <laughs> like, oh, I know if I like, went oh my God. a bunch of porn tapes, I know what I would be doing with them. Like, I'm not... <laughs> he does it for well, research purposes. Like, begin your porn and jerk off. There's nothing wrong with that, I don't think. Watching somebody through a telescope, there's something wrong with that. And then stalking them? Yeah. And then... And then, I mean, I don't know how people will view this, but how I view it, even though she kissed him back, that was, he basically sexually assaulted that woman. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, like, he, I, whatever. Also, I forgot to mention, I was going to mention this uh, when we brought up uh, her husband um, in real life. But uh, speaking of composers, another amazing Pino Dinaggio score. Uh, Pino DiNaggio did a lot of the Brian De Palma scores, um, and I love the score in the film. I love Pino DiNaggio as a uh, composer, and he also worked with Alfred Hitchcock. He did uh, the score for Frenzy, but yeah, I love the Pino DiNaggio score um, and the different changes in it. It, has, it always has kind of like a dreamlike quality to his uh, to his work. Um, but before this, I think he did, you know, he did Carrie and he did, uh, I think he did all the movies at this point, or all the big movies up to this point with Brian De Palma. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jake notices something in the tapes. Uh, he calls the production company that put the tape out. And uh, he's like, hey, are you the, the company that works that uh, Holly Body works for? And they're like, yeah. He's like, uh, how long are auditions going on? <laughs> and he goes over there to audition for this uh, for this movie. And um and uh, <laughs> he goes to there to audition the director. It's like simple lines. was like, you know, oh, hey, like, what are you doing? Like, come over there. Okay. And the director's like, all right, now let me take some photos of you naked. <laughs> He's like, all right. <laughs> and then we don't see it. But it cuts from that right to... Um, Right to a uh, play the best part of the movie. <laughs> yes. uh, be- before we get into this, uh, Holly Body was supposed to be played by Annette Haven, who's a pornographic actress. Um, Brian De Palma was actually good friends with Annette Haven around this time, and he got all of his research in the porn industry by talking to her, and based like wrote the character of Holly Body for Annette Haven. Um, but Annette Haven. Uh, wasn't able to do the movie because the studio's like, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> you think we're going to hire a porn actress <laughs> as, as, as one of the leads in this movie, you are out of your fucking mind. Um, and Annette Haven said years later, she's happy she didn't do it because um, she was disgusted by the violence in the um, script in the movie. But uh, yeah, he, he goes and uh, you want to talk about that next scene, blaze? <laughs> So he's all of a sudden in a Christmas sweater, <laughs> wearing <laughs> wearing turtle rib glasses. It he's is a nerd character. Out. Huh? He's he's a nerd character, I guess. Yeah, and then he goes out, 
And it's literally the relax music video. Relax. Hollywood. Yeah, and then like random foreign actresses start talking to him. He's like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. And, and also in this scene is uh uh she was also in like the little porno infomercial he's watching, but uh and we just brought her up in our Jacko Lantern, uh or in our Jacko uh episode. Uh another small appearance from Brink Stevens. Brink Stevens is there. So <laughs> oh. yeah. Another non-talking part for Brink Stevens just happens to be in this scene. But continue. And uh, then he is led to uh, Holly Body. Mm-hmm. And then and they have sex. They have sex. Yeah. That's, that's... <laughs> and then he's like, hey, I'm a producer. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Where'd you get that from? And then they meet and she's, they're talking like finances and she's like 200 a day and blah 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 he's like i won't do anal i won't do uh any like uh piss play or shit play (laughs) he's like yeah 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 wait no shit play (laughs) (laughs) he's like are you are you shitting me (laughs) you know what i'm gonna find somebody else (laughs) you know what never mind (laughs) which i don't don't know if it's revealed yet a why is it revealed yet why he wants her so bad or is that the next scene that's the next scene okay all right yes yeah yeah so they're talking and she's giving out which apparently is a whole thing that net haven was like an actual thing that she said uh to brian de palma for like here's the stipulation i normally do a scene so that's something he took like directly from an actual conversation that they they had at one point oh that's kind of interesting. yeah so yeah, yeah so she gets uh, he brings her to that pad that is not his that he's pretending is his don't they go to some party or something because they're, like, at, a, they're at yeah they're at a, a party but it, they don't explain it at all and then they're like hey do you have any good ideas for movie parts or anything like that that i can audition for and they're like no and then that's it and then they're at a fucking bar talking about shit and then they end up at his weird apartment place and they get on a spinning bed and then he's like, hey, I have a conspiracy theory. And she's like, well, let me put my skirt back on. Like, <laughs> and, this, and at this time also, like you mentioned, he has this leather jacket. And his hair like is slick. Hair. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Yeah, he's really playing up the porn star producer role. <laughs> Must have taken so much spit to get it to work like that. <laughs> it's funny because he seems like a square enough to do that yeah <laughs> it's just like just use just use grease <laughs> but anyways um yeah or gel whatever he uh why he's interested in holly body what caught his eye is that the dance that she did in the video is the same dance he saw Gloria do from from across the way in the window. Right. And she's like, oh yeah, I got I got offered this part to do that. I, I danced in that house over there. It's like who who offered you the role? Who did this? She's like, I don't know his name, just some guy. And uh at that same time Sam calls him. He's like, hey, will you listen to this voice and tell me if this is a guy? And guess what? It's Sam. So <laughs> she says it's him. Uh 
So, uh, from there, what happens next? Um, she's, she just runs outside immediately starts trying to hitchhike rides from people. And apparently she distracted them so badly that they got in a horrible car accident. And she, I don't like, think she distracted them so badly. The one guy tried to go around the other guy and cut him off too soon. Yeah. And then all of a sudden fucking, uh, Scarface man shows up in a truck and she's like, Hey, blah, 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 blah. It's far away. So you can't really hear the dialogue. And he's like, get the car. And then they're, he's like, Oh fuck, I gotta go get her. And he jumps out, starts chasing after him. They're stuck in traffic because of the car accident that was in front <laughs> The here's the thing that really kills me is that he pulls out a fucking tire iron and starts hitting her in the head with it <laughs> in the middle of like all the police there. And he's like, Oh my fucking god, he's killing her in that car up there. Like, you gotta, they're like, Yeah, sure, buddy. All right, whatever. And they're like, Let's arrest this guy for saying that somebody's getting murdered. And then the car fucking speeds the fuck off. Like in the middle of an accident, and the cops are just like, oh, like, no, let's get Bill Maher. Like, yeah, which I mean, if Bill Maher got arrested, it'd probably be the worst thing that happened. I don't know. Yeah. So, also, let me just say if, if at any point in this movie, uh, you know, Jake Scully was like a black guy, I mean, he'd been shot like 97 times at this point. Like in this scene, in the scene whenever fucking Gloria's like right after Gloria got killed, like at that time, if, if our if our protagonist was a black man, forget about it. <laughs> it been done. This been a short movie. Yeah. Well, so he he runs over there and tra- chases him on foot after running from the police and elbowing one of them in the gut. And then being like, ah, yeah, eh, whatever. <laughs> they just stopped chasing him. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Scarface Man is uh, got him on the ground choking him because he was following them. And then, of course, he grabs onto the face trying to push him off. And you hear a squelching <laughs> similar to the sounds of those hot pornos he's rented. Uh, he was whacking off, too. <laughs> yeah. And then he rips off part of the face and it's a prosthetic that uh sam is wearing yeah and uh yeah so he's already got the woman buried at this point yeah and he throws sam in there and no, he, sam, he, throws, he throws jake in there a uh, jake right sam yeah. throws jake in the pit and Jake is like frozen up because of his claustrophobia. And he's like, ha 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 ha, got you. Like, take that, Jake. This is for you being a fucking snoop. Just act your way out of it. Ha 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 ha. And then his mind. Well, no, he, he wanted him to be a snoop. He wanted him to be a snoop. Well, he wanted him to be a witness. Yeah, you want to be a witness. So the whole thing that they unveil is that Sam is Alex, Alex Reville, which is Gloria's husband. Um, and he needed Holly Body to dance those two nights while his wife was out. So it would grab 
Jake's attention because he knew he's a dirty boy. <laughs> and that he would fucking fucking uh would be a big old pervert and watch in on the house and goddamn it worked. And uh so that whenever uh Sam who Jake thinks is out of the country, but is disguised as a scarred man, um, murders Gloria, that uh, basically Jake's <laughs> pervertedness <laughs> overcomes his rational thought. <laughs> because he knew he would feel the, the pain. Die by the boon. <laughs> <laughs> He knew he would steal her panties and be a fucking weird sex pervert <laughs> and stalk her around. And you know what? He he probably I, I, I feel like while Sam was coming up with this plan, he's like, you gotta be fucking shitting me. This guy is really this much of a fucking loser. This is insane. I can't believe all this is working exactly to plan. <laughs> yeah. He's like, man, I really had like a bunch of plans for variables that I did not need. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um yeah, so Jake and Holly are both getting buried alive. Of course, his claustrophobia is taking over. Uh, so he thinks to being on set whenever he, yeah, when he was in the coffin, had claustrophobia. But it's a, you know, a dream sequence basically where he actually overcame uh, being afraid. And he breaks out. And uh, right as he gets out there, um, the dog that attacked him, the house was in the vehicle that the scar man was in, which explains why, while the scar man was in the house, why the dog never barked because it it's was dog. Sam's dog. Yeah. Um, literally breaks through the glass of the truck. <laughs> the dog headbutts its way out of the truck. I know that got me. I was like, God damn. <laughs> and he just. And- I think he jumps to get, does he jump to attack Jake and accidentally hit Sam and they both go over into the dam? Yep, that's what happens. <laughs> and they both die. Uh, and then Sam's like, Holly, come on. She's like, you're a necrophiliac. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you're sure. A corpse fucker. <laughs> I'm just going to chalk up to her getting hit, hit in the head with a tire iron i don't know i don't know why that'd be the first thing that comes out of her mouth but uh yeah uh jake gets rehired to his vampire sex film (laughs) directed by dennis franz and everybody lives happily ever after yeah and then holly is for some reason watching the movie get filmed now so i guess they're a unit or something yeah they're they're friends now uh she doesn't think he's a necrophiliac but uh i'm sure he's already aware he's a sex pervert (laughs) I would hope. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess at some point, Brian De Palma wanted Kurt Russell for the uh, for the Jake role. That would have been awesome. That would have been aw- awesome, but I don't know if, if uh, Kurt Russell is sleazy enough. No, I don't think so. It'd be more believable why, like, you know, women may want to fuck him. But I guess, you know, Craig Wasson is kind of like, I don't know. He feels kind of like he's a. It should uh, kind have of been a... Dennis Leary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it seems like he's kind of like a losery kind of like. Yeah. Oh yeah, he comes off kind of as a perv. <laughs> yeah. Craig Wasson, come on the show. They're just like, oh, so these are her underpants, and Dennis Leary would be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you fucking bet they are. He's like, oh, <laughs> they should, you they should just probably like I black out a lot. They should just got James Woods. Oh, there. <laughs> hey, Padre, I'm, I'm fucking got some. I got a steak right here for you. It's as hard as wood. I got a little <laughs> stick of pine down my pants. Padre. <laughs> yeah, good, James. James Woods there. I mean, around this time he did uh, video drum. <laughs> I don't believe him. <laughs> him and all his crazy conservative bullshit. Um, yeah, but body double. Um, boy, is it sleazy. It is a, it's a sleazy film. I like it. Um, but I also just love Brian De Palma. Um, is it one of his best? No. But I, I always think it's a uh, sleazy little adventure. Um Sleazy little yarn. Brian De Palma worked a lot after this with uh, Greg Henry, who was also in uh, Scarface, and he was in Femme Fatale, and he was in a few other films. And then he went on to work with James Gunn a lot. Greg Henry w- was in uh, Slither, Super, and both Guardians movies um, as uh, Peter Quill's grandfather. Uh, so he's worked with James Gunn a lot. And uh, um, like I said, Dennis Franz went and worked with Brian a lot. Peter's grandfather. I don't remember those scenes. Remember the very beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy right before Peter gets kidnapped and his mom's dying of cancer? His mom's dying of cancer in the hospital room and like his grandfather's there and is like talking to him and then he like runs off from him and he runs off in the field and the, that's whenever Yondu and them abduct him at the very beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. They supposed to have a scene in Guardians 2 that got deleted but you see him briefly uh, whenever Ego is attacking Earth or um, he's like in a car and you see Greg Henry like driving the car. Um, but yeah, Greg Henry is, uh, I, li- I like seeing him when Rick pops up. always like seeing him. Uh, but yeah, body double. You loved it, right? Blaze. Uh, <laughs> it's not my favorite De Palma, but it's not a bad movie. It's an interesting watch. It's an interesting watch. It's just, uh, I think it's just a believability and how much I, I just don't think I like Craig with son in it. <laughs> no, like he just, and, and I don't know if it's his fault. Like, it's just like his character was creepy. Like his creepy yeah. character. It does feel like the movie is written by alien at times. <laughs> it just, yeah. Where it's like, this is normal shit. And they're like, that's not yeah. normal. It's so weird. But yeah. All right. Bring us to our next segment. Yep. All right. That brings us to another curation into Blaze's cabinet of video game curiosities. Okay. What do we got today? So today, we have a game called At Home Alone. And it's... It's different. Like, it's another one of those, like, kind of classic graphics games. But this one's in this uh, very, how should I put it, like, not anime, but I guess, like, Asian cart. Well, yeah, I guess that would be anime still, even, like, anime for kids or something like that. It's very much in that style. And you play a small girl who is being left at home alone for the first time. And her mother's like, you know, okay, you're at the age. You can do this yourself. You don't go outside, blah, blah, blah. 
and everything will be fine, you know, just, you know, chill and relax at home. There's food in the fridge. I'll be right back. And you're like, okay. And then the door, uh, you know, you could go in your room and play with stuff. Everything's very bright and colorful. And you hear a ring at the door and you go outside and you're like, okay, nobody's out here. And then you notice at the front gate that there's a small boy and you're like, oh, okay. Well, it's like, do you want to invite him inside? And you're like, yeah, I do. Cause I'm a fucking little kid and he's a little kid and I want to do little kid shit. And the kid at first is like, no, I don't want to go inside. Like, he's like, you out of your mind? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't know you. Like, and then you're like, I have cake. And he's like, what? Like, I'm coming. So he goes inside the house with you. You grab the kid some cake. Ding dong, door goes off again. Go outside, nobody there. You look at the front gate. There's somebody walking around at the front gate. Comes down. And it's a guy looking for his little brother. And he's like, he's got red hair. And they're like, oh, he's in my house. And first question the guy asks is like, why is he in your house? <laughs> like, what? It's just, you're like, oh, uh, we were eating cake together. We're both children, you see. And that's normal. <laughs> I was about to explain, like, we're both children. Can't you tell? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, okay, well, I need to go get him. So you go back inside the house. There's nobody there. Can't find him. And the brother's like, maybe you went upstairs or something like that. And now you're presented with an option of the doorbell goes off again. Do you want to go check that? Or do you want to go upstairs with the brother? So um, you go uh, first, first time I chose to go outside and see who it was and let the brother go upstairs. Come back. Um, nobody's at the door girl walking a dog in front of the gate. You go up to the gate and it's like, hey, do you want to come in and hang out? Like this little girl is just inviting literally everyone she sees into her house. And she's like, do you want to come inside? And she's like, I don't know. Like, I don't, uh, maybe, are you sure? Like, and then it gives you the option to like, let him go. Or do you want him to come inside? And after you go back inside, you start hearing screaming. You run upstairs and you find footprints of blood. And you go up and you see the brother crying at the end. And the little boy had somehow like fallen off the balcony after being shot and is dead. And now the game starts over. But your mom no longer has a face. What? <laughs> Yeah, and now she's telling you the same things, uh, minus her face being gone. And then it gives you the option to keep going through it. But every time the little boy dies, you're presented with a dream sequence. And the dream sequence is somebody who is just a red character in a dark hallway that you do not know who he is. And he sees this bundle of what seems to be some kind of flesh with veins hanging off of it. And he's like, that's it. I'm here. I finally found it. I've been looking for this forever. And you keep trying to go towards it, but a barrier appears. So the more you play the game, like you make decisions in different ways and you get different things that happen. It's free to play. And it's very interesting. Oh. And the developers, uh, here's the thing that gets me. I'm looking for the exact article right now because it, it 
yeah, they said, um, you know, it, it came out, it was started back in like 2018, but it came out the beginning of this year as the final because they kept putting in different like little loops that would happen in it. And um, as I said, I, I haven't done all of the stories yet, but they're saying that uh, they took inspiration from Audition, the film. Okay. And I'm kind of like, I haven't seen that yet, but I am curious how we get to that point. Guess but, uh, more. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, uh, the publisher is in Japanese, so I can't pronounce it, but and there is no anyway. I, I don't know how to pronounce those letters. <laughs> no, just, just be like uh, two, two lines with the line that's kind of diagonal. Okay, I can uh, do that. <laughs> in a Y-looking thing with a little dash and then yeah, it's uh, another line. <laughs> it, uh... <laughs> uh... <laughs> it, then we'll have an audience, <laughs> then we'll have a, uh, audience member translate it for us. So the publisher is Zero Cube, but the developer is a name I cannot say. Oh, ah, okay, here we go. Somebody somebody translated it in the comments. Skyline Games. And they have... <laughs> you look at the Japanese letters, you're just like, no way that says that. <laughs> I kinda, I'm kind of looking at it, I'm like, that's like three things. Like, how does that say... But then again, uh, uh, I don't speak Japanese, but I do know that Japanese is the home of uh, spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Japanese got it wrong, they'll call it ramen. <laughs> How wrong are they? Yeah, stupid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a very interesting game, and uh, I think it's definitely worth a, uh, a looky-loo. Cool. All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, on a uh, scale of one to ten pages, Paige being your fiance and how much you needed her around while you played it because you're scared of little boy. <laughs> how I'll many admit, pages do you give I'll it? I'll admit, there are some parts in it that I'm like, I'm pretty thoroughly creeped out, and I gave Paige an old ringy dang. So <laughs> I would say four out of ten pages. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's no gobby McGobble nuts. Oh no, that was a ten out of ten. I gotta call Paige about it. <laughs> <laughs> you would never believe the joke I just She got at me for telling all those dad jokes. <laughs> all right, all right. That brings us to our next segment: another entry into mythology biology. <laughs> Okay, so do we have a story that's about people mimicking each other, or a body double of some sort, or we do? Or is it just you're you're probably going to just read a column from a uh, uh, interview with a Playboy model, model, or the the backstory of a porno DVD? <laughs> it is actually the the not the backstory, but the description in the pamphlet in the porn DVD. <laughs> Okay, good. All right. <laughs> no, but uh, today we're we're going to talk about a specific entity, but it's a pretty common entity, so I wanted to associate a story with it. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about the Smurl 
that's really their name. Smurl, S M U R L. I, 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 so the Smurl family uh, was in Pennsylvania. This happened around the late seventies to mid eighties. Uh, this was reported on multiple times, and they call it the Amityville of Pennsylvania. Okay. And um, there had been reports of a, a, a dark history of it, but none that were able, able to be proved, unlike in Amityville, where it was like, yeah, no, he totally slaughtered his whole family in that house. But um, so the family was uh they were hit by a hurricane which i didn't know pennsylvania could get hurt by hurricanes but the flooding damaged their house so badly that they ended up having to move into a duplex uh so they move into this duplex um and there's some water damage from the hurricane and everything like that but they start noticing handprints and such coming in the water damage uh, it started off small with like tools missing from trying to do repairs. <clears throat> and um, it also had a couple of instances where um, the mother would hear the kids arguing with profanities and go run upstairs to stop them from arguing and finding out the kids aren't home. Um, the father ended up getting a promotion they were doing well. His wife is pregnant again with another kid, which seems like a bad idea in a haunted house. Um, but then everything kind of falls apart. Like, the the dad loses his job. They're having trouble affording the duplex. And they said that this is when the activity really started taking off, where they would hear uh, their son talking to them outside the room's door and asking them to let him in because he was scared, wanted to lay in the bed, open the door, he wasn't there. Or, you know, they would... Uh, the daughter actually stated that she was molested by the ghost and had been touched inappropriately in her uh, in her bed by the ghost. And well, this really does connect into body double. Yeah, it really does. And... So she said it got to the point of where she just started uh, telling it to stop and to leave. And apparently at one point when she was yelling and screaming for the entity or whatever to stop, the uh, closet door that had opened while she was asleep slammed shut. And the parents apparently saw that happen. Oh. So coming later, uh, the media is going fucking crazy about it. They're like, oh, it's the Amityville, blah, 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 blah. Oh, it's so insane. And uh, they actually say that this story inspired the movie The Changeling. Okay. So. Yeah. We both love yeah. that movie. Huh? So we both love that movie. Yeah, that's a fucking, I mean, it's classic. But yeah. yeah. Um, so they get all these people out there and <laughs> it's funny because there's an interview with one of the neighbors who's just like, it's a bunch of fucking malarkey. <laughs> like this, he's like, this shit ain't real. He's like, I've talked to every member of that family and they all have a completely different story. <laughs> like, so what ends up happening is that they end uh, uh, like 
random priests and stuff from the local churches just show up at their house. They're like, hey, we're going to exercise your house. And they're like, okay, like, sure, go for it. So they exercise a house. They call it a surprise exorcism because they didn't want the, the demonic entity to prep. <laughs> Get ready for them. Um, and it apparently uh, went bad. The things were being thrown in the house. They were hearing voices of people who weren't alive anymore uh, speaking while the priests were doing this. So they call in the Warrens because who do you call other than a fat old man and his stupid wife who thinks she's like an empath or some shit? Like, they're like, oh man, you should have seen us. We kicked that Raggedy Ann's ass. Like, it's like, woo. Good job. Don't you remember that one time the table moved five inches? You remember when my wife just started crying? And had no real story, but said like, oh, this happened here. And then we looked at the history and we're like, well, this house is two years old. So that couldn't have happened in 200 years ago. But okay. Like, <laughs> remember when they had that living girlfriend? Nope. <laughs> you never heard about that? No. Oh, yeah. Where uh, Ed, Ed had like a living girlfriend and stuff. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so old Dirty Ed. <laughs> so people, oh, speaking of which, I forgot to mention one thing because of Dirty Ed. Uh, connected back to Body Double. That's something I forgot to bring up real quick. Sorry. Um, where the Frankie goes to Hollywood scene is that set? That's the nightclub from Fright Night. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Sorry, I meant to bring up that that up earlier. Continue. <laughs> Who knew that movie would ruin a political campaign? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think that's what ruined it, but <laughs> yeah. uh, where where was I? I forget now. Huh? When the Warrens come? Yeah, the Warrens. Yeah. So the Warrens come and they're like, "Oh yeah, I just haunted." It's like, why? Uh, spooky. <laughs> what proof do you have? Oh, none. Okay. Like they're like, yeah, same same evidence as we always have. Absolutely fucking nothing. Um. So, you know, there's it, it's a big hubbub at this point because you know the Warrens were like very famous, and I would say more infamous because a lot of people are like these people are fucking bullshitters and they're just trying to get money out of people, which totally makes sense. Um, yeah. but you know, a lot of people were very much supportive of them and thinking that all that shit was fucking real and garbage. But what it came down to is that they were believing it was a demonic entity, but, uh, they, uh, a lot of people, I actually started, uh, researching through the most trusted source on the internet, Reddit, <laughs> and, uh, so I went through Reddit on the family to figure out because in my head, I was like, <laughs> I think I know what they would consider this type of ghost. And it's not like a demonic entity. And I was correct. Everyone disagrees with them th thinking it's demonic. And they believe it is a type of ghost that is not a doppelganger, but a mimic. Mm -hmm. And a mimic is a sort of poltergeist that uh, can parrot people's voices and stuff like that. 
So right. it can uh, lead people uh, into danger. It can lead people into thinking that a loved one who's not alive anymore is outside their door. Uh, pretty much uses it as like a trapping mechanism. And, right. Lead them into believing that the Warrens uh, are, are actually trustworthy. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it mimicked the Warrens because the Warrens would never lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. What would they gain from it minus all of their money? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so the main story is to explain the entity that is known as a mimic, which I thought was very fitting for this story. Yeah, I think the only thing that would be more fitting would be a, a porno ghost, but... Didn't see any of those, strangely enough. Or, or, well, or like a I ghost... Mean, like like a like a flasher ghost that stalks people, <laughs> and then when you, you turn see, around, haunt you by a ghost. I was, ghost I, I was gonna bring up eventually in an episode, but I'll just I'll just bring it up now. Um, there is actually, uh, I believe it's Ethiopian, an Ethiopian uh, uh, spirit called a papagoa, and a papagoa is a ghost that uh, literally seeks out butt sex. <laughs> So uh, they believe that if you leave your window open, it will come through your window and have uh, poltergeist butt sex with you. And the men are terrified of it. (laughs) Most of the men. (laughs) And that is actually a true thing. A (laughs) papago. That's amazing. So I just haven't found an episode to really dedicate enough time to it. And also that's kind of the only information they have on it. Because I was like, yeah, it likes butt sex. <laughs> so really, really, it's just because they're all homophobic. I mean, it's either the I mean that or Papa Go or Papa Boa. It's Papa Boa or Goa. It's one of those two. You can look it up and uh they have some very interesting first-hand accounts of Papa Boa. <laughs> and a lot of times you're like, I think somebody's cheating on somebody here. And this excuse seems pretty convenient. And they're like, oh, it was Papa Boa. He did it. He, you know, butt sex my wife. I'm like, Ugh. oh, yeah, that, that you checks out. you believe that polter guy? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Ethiopia. My, I believe. I know for a fact it's it's either uh, an island ghost or a African ghost. Yeah. So that's awesome. If you ever listen to the podcast, the Dollop, they have a <laughs> episode on Papa Bo, and it is fucking hilarious. The Dollop is great. And you let me yeah. look that episode up. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, that is another episode of Bladed Apples. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 3. Yay! <laughs> part 3, which I hear is infamously terrible. Um, Bill Mosley's in it. That's a plus. So we'll, we will be punished! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about Silent Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2 last year. Which along is with pretty Silent much Night, Deadly Night, Part 1. Part 1, so. Yeah, we, we we talked about both last year because you you have to. Um, 
But uh, part three, we're going to talk about Joe Bob's Christmas special is uh, this coming Friday. Manniversaries is coming weekend. Yep. I will uh, be in so. Savannah, and we will be recording there. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see yeah. how we feel. Yeah, we'll see what's going on. Um, in the meantime, you've got questions, you've got comments, you've got concerns, you've got thoughts. You can reach us on the Gmail, bladeapplespod at gmail.com, or you can reach us on the Instagram. You want to talk about Christmas horror? You want to talk about porno? You want to talk about movies that star dirty, dirty pervy boys? <laughs> Or do you want to send us some ghost equipment for this weekend because we're going to be in spooky Savannah? And and Blaze is certified. That's true. I am (laughs) certified. You can do that as well. Uh, We will report on all the ghost findings. Uh, There there was uh, a ghost finding in Atlanta this past week where I was. Oh. Uh, I should have brought this up during mythology biology, but uh, wh- I was out there for our Christmas. Did you get uh, butt sex by Papa Boa? <laughs> no, no, I was out there for a work Christmas party, and uh, they got me and my coworker Joe a uh, two-bedroom loft. But the women in our office, they got them a house there that was about like two blocks away, and um, apparently a bunch of fucking creepy shit happened at the house, like blinds moving on their own and stuff. Blinds like, like the blind, uh, uh, like the turn knob for the blinds to open up and like close them where it's like moving on its own. Like, but there were no fans or air on. And also the blinds were opening and closing on their own as well. Um, lights were coming on different things. Like there were a bunch of weird things that all of them kept on noticing around the house. So, <laughs> you know, the, the more we're talking about this, the more I think, we should give the audience what they truly want, which is for us what? to stop podcast. No, I was thinking since we will be there and we'll probably have time during the night and stuff like that. Yeah. We got yeah. two places that are open to the public that are supposed to be super haunted in Savannah. And we could just take our, our phones and do some stupid shit and put it on the show. <laughs> Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll I, be downtown. Even, we'll probably be. We'll probably have drinks anyways in our system. The Sorrel <laughs> Weed House, and then there's that giant hotel. I can't think of the name of it. Yeah, there's also the Pirate House, and there, there's a whole bunch of haunted shit around here. I haven't really explored any of it since I've been here, though. But uh, be good yeah. reason to do it. Yes, we'll record little tidbits and put the audio on the show of us going ah. <laughs> Oh, it's a full-body operation. I wish you could see this, but we're on a podcast. You're just going to have to take our word for it. Uh, it's so Papa Boa. He's, he's raping us both. My ass. My ass. <laughs> we'll just probably replay this clip that we just did. So. Yeah. We'll be like, proof. They exist. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll come up with something. Uh, thanks to Stefan Mize. Give him a follow for doing, uh, he did our art. Follow him on Instagram. Follow Colin Panther on uh, Instagram. Awesome guy. Great tattoo artist. Thanks to Blaze for being an awesome co-host and editing this stuff together. And uh, yeah, anything else to add? See you later. 
Oh yeah, what what about uh I forgot to bring up you, you get that post I sent you on Instagram about uh Hans Zimmer Live? Fucking yes I did. <laughs> the, yes. the challenge will be given in person now. You better not tour near here. <laughs> you better stay out of Florida. He's like, I wouldn't go to Florida if I was had a gun to my head. I'd be like, I yeah, I get that. <laughs> I don't want to be here either. <laughs> Like that's fair, uh, yeah. Still accept our challenge, Hans. Step in the octagon. Step in the octagon. Catch these hands. <laughs> yeah, and remember, until next time, every day is Halloween, so please act accordingly. Uh, bye bye. Bye.